What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of What's Good Games Live for Monday, March 30th, 2020. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello, Andrea. Hi, Britt. How are you? I, I'm good. I am a glass case of emotion. I have so many thoughts and feelings about <laughs> Resident Evil stirring within my loins that I have not been able to talk about. So I'm happy. I'm happy we're doing this. I am so excited that you have so many emotions because the reviews for Resident Evil 3 are live right now. And that is just one of the many things that we're talking about here on What's Good Games Live, of course. Your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific time right here at twitch.tv slash what's good games. Of course, if you miss us on Twitch, don't worry. You can download What's Good Games Live on your favorite podcast platform where you find What's Good Games. And of course, at youtube.com slash what's good games later on in the day because you know what right now Brittany there's a lot of internet congestion happening oh dude I know you're like an 8-bit right now video game but that's okay yeah I can only imagine just how bad it is because I had I think six hours it took me to upload the show to YouTube last week because of all the internet stuff happening so we had Spectrum who was our internet provider here in my neighborhood come out over the weekend and take a look at some things because I needed the technician to confirm to me that this wasn't my fault, that it was in fact their fault <laughs> that the internet is bad. And he did. And we took a bunch of photos of all of the readings and everything he did. So now I have to decide, do I want to call them and argue with them about how much I'm paying for my internet? Or do I want to just go, you know what? This is just the reality we're in right now. Yeah. You can either argue or you can have some wine and forget about the problem. Yeah, that's right. I could have some wine and continue to play some video games. Um, Speaking of video games, we'd like to hear from you about what you guys are playing, what questions you have. If you guys want to get involved and be part of What's Good Games Live, we have a link. It's super easy to use. It's whatsgoodgames.com slash dearwgg. Whatsgoodgames.com slash dearwgg, where you can drop your questions in about news stories that are happening, about stuff that we've been playing. Or maybe you had a question from the Friday show that you wanted to get answered. That's a great place to drop those questions or of course you can join us live in the twitch chat too but we know that not everybody can be here live so we just wanted to remind you guys about bosscodegames.com slash dear wgg now Brittany, you've also mentioned to me that we've been getting some questions from people over at patreon.com slash what's good games about what the tie-in between what's good games live and patreon is going to be and to you guys i would say we have not figured that out yet it's true um Obviously, we want to give our patrons preference when submitting questions. Um, We're trying to figure out what's the best way to do that. So TBD, stay tuned, friends. But if you do want to get the most amount of your membership and your benefits, of course, you know, you guys can take advantage of all of the things that we offer. We have lots of archived streams. We have archived blogs. We have exclusive posts. It's a great great time to be at patreon.com slash what's good games. And Brittany... We're going to be streaming a game later this week. Oh, yes. You, baby girl, going to be streaming Resident Evil 3, and I'm going to laugh. I mean, support you and all of your adventures going forward. You did really well with the demo last week. Let me just say, you picked it up very quickly. You'll just have to, you. you know, apply what you've learned going forward, and you'll be fine. I will do my best to not fail you. <laughs> you'll never, you can't fail me. You can only fail yourself out. That got real deep. Oh, wow. It really did. Basically, I love you unconditionally. And no matter how good or bad you are, Resident Evil, I will still love you. But um, that means I reserve the right to laugh at all of the things that I know are coming that you don't know. 
Yes, of course. 100%. Speaking of Resident Evil, the embargo lifted this morning and you know that Britney is going to be talking about it. So before we get to that, though, we have some other news that we want to talk about. And we want to give you guys a, a little bit of time to submit your questions about Resident Evil 3 for Britney if you have not yet done so. Um, so please do that and we will get to those in Dear WGG later on in the show. But for now, let's go ahead and get started with some of the news that we missed in last week's show because... You know, some some stuff happened. Or do you oh. want to do Resident Evil right off the top? We can just talk about Resident Evil off the top. I need to get some of this some of this out of me. Okay, sure. You got too much pent up energy. It's, All right, go mm-hmm. for it, Britt. Okay, so yes, Resident Evil Three Review Embargo is up. It was up at eight AM this morning. And reviews are kind of all over the place. So before I briefly give you a little peek into my thoughts and emotions about this about this game. So if you look at it right now, well, as when I pulled this, PS4 was sitting at an eighty, Xbox One is at an eighty six, PC was at a seventy seven. The digital, digital Fix gave it a perfect 10 and said Resident Evil 3 is a worthy successor to the Resident Evil 2 remake in every aspect. A perfect reimagining and one of the best entries in the Resident Evil franchise. Uh, everyone's entitled to their thoughts and opinions, but that is a take. That is a take. All right, next, IGN gave it a 9 out of 10 and said the classic world is brought to life in glorious detail and smart level design makes exploring it a delight and replaying it almost compulsory. If only all remakes could be this good. Bring on the next one. And then it kind of slowly drops down. And then you get to VG247, which gave it a 6 out of 10, and said, Resident Evil 2 Remake's Raccoon City Police Department was so well realized that it was always going to be difficult to top, but the sequel feels like a step backwards in almost every way. It's still worth playing, but Resident Evil 3 Remake is a step backwards for Capcom, coming off the back of one of the best games of last year. It's gorgeous to look at, the jump scares will get you, and it's like stepping into a comfy pair of slippers but even though your feet are cozy it never feels like home so they're obviously all over the place and i would say i lean leaning more toward vg 24 7 and it says i think we'll go into this in the next segment but like tldr my thoughts i think resident evil 3 remake is a great survival horror game i really have not a lot to complain about it as a game as a whole like at the core what resident evil is but as a major you know resident evil fan slash nerd i have a lot of issues with a lot of the content that was cut out and a lot of the shortcuts that were taken and it's just unfortunate to see resident evil 2 be the masterpiece it is the remake and have this opportunity with resident evil 3 and to see where the shortcomings work and i know they're two different studios but i'll expand more but i just gotta breathe (laughs) Yeah, no, it's been interesting kind of taking a look at the gamut of reviews that came out this morning because, you know, as you mentioned and what you just read, it feels like some people were really excited and other people were really disappointed. And we don't generally get a ton of a ton of games that are super divisive, but maybe this is just a situation of mismanaged expectations, would you say? Yeah, I would say so. I went to that preview event in December, I think it was, and what they showed at that looked very promising. Um, Granted, it was only a few hours of a game. It was a little slice of a game. So I walked away from that being like, oh, this is really exciting. Like, this has so much potential. And um, it seems like after that major city part of the game that I saw, everything just kind of speed runs. It's like a sprint to the end. And um, I, I... I think maybe mismanagement. I think, you know, we're looking at Capcom through a lens of uh, that we typically reserve for, you know, these 
big publishers and developers because they've proven, especially last year at their lineup, that Capcom's like the Cap gods, as as Tim and I kind of joked around when we were talking about Devil May Cry. They are kicking ass right now. And so I think those expectations are maybe are misaligned, but also I think, you know, in a good way, they've kind of brought it upon themselves that everyone's looking at their products through such a critical eye. And uh, yeah, I mean, Resident Evil 2 is never going to be easy to top. It's just Resident Evil 3 just fell short and there was so much potential opportunity. And now I'm wishing that, you know, maybe I spent another year developing this game, adding certain things. There are a lot of things were cut. And when things were being cut, like the choices and the live actions, it's okay, well, cool. Maybe they're going to make the definitive linear experience for Resident Evil 3. But more what it feels like is maybe they just didn't have the time or resources to stick them in there. Do you think that part of that had to do with the team working on the Resident Evil Resistance multiplayer mode? Or do you think that those were two completely separate teams and that they that didn't actually have any crossover? You know, I don't... I need. I was trying to look into this. If anyone in chat can let me know what the... Because, I mean, Resident Evil Resistance is, like, fun, and I played it for a few hours at the preview event, but it's not something that's going to get a lot more of my time. Um, if it is the case that, you know, the same team were working on both and they decided to complement each other, like, okay... At, uh, Again, at the end of the day, I think resources should have been taken away from Resident Evil Resistance and put towards Resident Evil 3, regardless of what that crossover really is. I, and again, like this, it was a different studio that made Resident Evil 2 that made Resident Evil 3. Resident Evil 3 is an external studio that's funded by Capcom. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm... I'm trying to get a struggle, Andrea, this hard when it comes to a game because it's not a bad game. It's not a bad game at all. It's a great yeah. game. It's just when you see the shortcomings, it's, but why? Yeah. I think that there's nothing wrong with saying I enjoyed my time, but I was hoping it would be more. I think that there's a lot of video games. In fact, I think most video games are like, yeah, I still had fun with that game. It was cool. But yeah, no, it wasn't the best video game I've ever played. It's hard to become the best video game ever because there's so many amazing games out right now. And I think, especially coming in the wake of Resident Evil 2 Remake being so critically acclaimed, it was going to be near impossible to reach that bar no matter what you did. And I think it shows that Capcom, you know, was trying to potentially capitalize on that success by releasing it just one year afterwards instead of maybe taking a little bit more time to think about ways that they could have improved the overall execution of the game and instead wanting to say hey let's just kind of get this out when we can and it potentially shows if that was indeed their line of thinking yeah 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 so do you want to take questions now you want to take questions later what do you want to do we can uh, take questions later because we don't have them all organized in a nice neat little bundle quite yet Okay, so stick with us. Dear WGG will be coming up later in the show where we will be taking your questions. Um, moving on to the next big story, <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake is shipping early. So Square Enix is asking fans to not spoil it. So this write-up comes from Polygon. Final Fantasy VII Remake has shipped early to Europe and Australia to counter any potential release disruptions caused by COVID-19. The game's producer, Yoshinori Kitase, and director, Tetsuya Nomura, are asking fans who receive the game early to not 
not spoil it for others. Quote, if you get the game early, please think of others and don't spoil it for them. The two developers said in a Twitter announcement, we know that there are potential spoilers that have been out there for over two decades as the original Final <laughs> Fantasy VII was released in 1997, but Final Fantasy VII Remake is a new game that still has many surprises for everyone. All of our fans and players deserve to experience the game for themselves, and we ask for the support of our dedicated community and around the world to ensure that. Final, F- Final Fantasy VII Remake will introduce characters never seen in the original, like Roche? Hmm. Is that how you say that? I, Roche? I believe so. That's how uh, I The it. mysterious soldier working for Shinra. There's also an entire story involving Aerith and the mysterious hooded shadow creatures that we don't know about. Even if that one scene from the original is burned into the brain of most video game fans, there's still a lot of new things coming. I mean, just release it now. Just, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> Screw your marketing cycles. Screw all of that. Just do us a solid here. But what about all the people who pre-ordered physical copies? I don't think they would complain about getting a free digital copy as well. But it- Honestly, I hadn't contemplated that as a solution. I don't know the logistics around doing that, but that would be an amazing solution if they could indeed do that. Oh, yeah. I think this is uh, actually a good move. I mean, it's better than them holding on to the game, right? And saying, like, sorry, you're going to get it a lot later. Europe and Australia are bad. Well, it's not their bad, actually. They have nothing to do with it. This is a worldwide pandemic. No one can help this, what's happening right now. Right, exactly. Staying in your house. But, um, yeah, I mean, cool. I think this is this is great. Good job, Square. Like, it's a nice, solid you're doing. But in the meanwhile, we'll all be sitting over here with the FOMO, wishing we had it in our hands. And on that note, stay away from all things Final Fantasy VII, friends. The 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 spoilers and photos and screenshots are leaking everywhere. They're leaking like a hose, Andrea, like a leaky hose all over your face. That's what she said. <laughs> so, this is why the pillow emote exists on Twitch.tv slash West Good Games. Um, I think I'm just going to leave that one where it is. Um, if. Square Enix could figure out a way to get everybody who had purchased a physical copy or pre-ordered a physical copy um, access to a free digital version. I think that would be awesome. I don't know if that's possible, Um, but if they could, that would be great. Yeah, that would be cool. But then, you know, you get people canceling their pre-orders, and I'm sure they have marketing stuff coming up. I don't know. Either way, in, in Brit's world, I would do that. This is why you need to nominate me as the next president of square enix <clears throat> there we go everybody you've heard it here first first Brittany order of for president of square enix final fantasy 9 <laughs> remake let's go <laughs> all right speaking of classics final fantasy 9 remake let's talk about another classic from nintendo they've got big plans for the super mario brothers franchise 35th anniversary so this story actually broke from Video Game Chronicles, and we've seen it quoted from several other news outlets this morning. Multiple sources have told VGC that the platform holder is planning to hold an event to coincide with the Super Mario Brothers series 35th year anniversary from 1985, you guys. Can you believe it's been that long? As part of its anniversary celebrations, Nintendo will reveal plans to re-release most of Super Mario's 35-year back catalog this year, remastered for Nintendo Switch, VGC was told. As VGC's network partner Eurogamer reported in a follow-up to our story, these remasters will include 1997 Super Mario 64, 
2002's Super Mario Sunshine, and 2007's Super Mario Galaxy. Nintendo will also release several other Mario titles in 2020, including a new installment in the Paper Mario series and a deluxe version of 2013 Super Mario 3D World. The plans are set to be revealed alongside new details of Nintendo's partnership with Universal and the pair's Super Mario Super Nintendo World Theme Park, excuse me, <laughs> an animated Super Mario movie. The Super Mario 35th anniversary reveal was originally due to take place as a physical event at E3 this June, VGC was told, but Nintendo is now reviewing its plans in light of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. E3 2020 has been canceled due to the virus outbreak, and Nintendo could instead opt for a digital showcase like they've been doing pretty much since, the what, 2014 or 2015? I don't remember the year of the first... Um, the first direct after E3. Maybe it was 2014? This is a, a good moment for someone in chat to maybe help us out with that. Uh, approach for comment on this story. Nintendo said it does not comment on rumor and speculation. So, surprise! Surprise. But the last big milestone that they celebrated for the Mario franchise, of course, was the 30th anniversary back in 2015. This is fucking awesome. On so- yeah. Oh, yes. Give me all of the Mario. When you were talking about Super Mario 64 releasing in 1997, oh boy. Wow, that was a long time ago. It feels like Brittany, yesterday. were you though. even alive in 1997? <laughs> oh, you flatter me. <laughs> You're so nice. I was nine. <laughs> um, I think that we all are looking for some, you know, feel-good games right now. And the Super Mario Brothers franchise is exactly that kind of game. I mean, that's why I think people are gravitating towards Animal Crossing on their Switch right now because it kind of makes you feel comforted in a time of global uncertainty. And if Nintendo has been, you know, working on Mario stuff for the 35th anniversary, I'm like, give it to me. Give me all of it. I want it all for myself. I want it all. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious what these remasters are going to look like. The one that I'm most excited about is Super Mario 64. I never really played Sunshine and I couldn't get into Galaxy because those motion controls, I, I raged and I wanted nothing to do with them because Nintendo's <laughs> like, yo, dog, we got these cool motion things. We're going to implement them in every game possible. So you have to use them. And I raged. I actually really love Galaxy and Galaxy 2. I was really hoping for Super Mario Galaxy 3 instead of Super Mario Odyssey. But Odyssey was cool. Mm. But I would really like them to continue the Galaxy franchise, especially with, you know, the better levels of technology that we have in the Switch. Now, the older games, the Mario Brothers franchise, I, you know, enjoy, but I don't need to keep playing them and keep buying them. And, you know, I've got my classic edition of the um, NES and the Super NES and short of an N64 classic edition, which I don't think we're going to be seeing um, anytime soon. Like, I hope that, you know, we can get at least you know, Mario 64. But Galaxy, I think, is something I would be more interested in because it's newer, and I think that it would translate better to Switch. Though, I mean, I'm not going to kick Mario 64 out of bed. It's one of the best games ever created. Fight me. I mean, don't fight me. (laughs) My mind just, like, went to this image of you, like, kicking Mario 64 like a cartridge out of your bed because my mind is weird, (laughs) and that's the way it works. So it's also super exciting about this. Several other Mario titles, including a new installment in the Paper Mario series and a deluxe version of 2013 Super Mario 3D World. Those are both very, very exciting announcements. Paper Mario... I love so much. My favorite is the one on N64. I think it was just called, what, Super Paper Mario back in the day. Super Mario RPG is one of my favorite games of all time, and I love those RPG Mario crossovers. And these days, it's those are the Paper Mario games, right? So that's really cool. And Super Mario 3D World, that game did not get enough love. Did you play that one? 
Uh, I did play that oh, one. I so actually good. really liked that. I thought it was great. But you were talking about Paper Mario. And for mm. me, the one that did it was the Thousand Year Door. Mm. I spent so many hours playing that game because... Um, there were just some of those levels that you would go into. And if you died once, you would have to like start the level like all over again. Um, but I, I really enjoyed those games. And I, I think that, you know, the Mario franchise lends itself well to upresing, for lack of a better it's term, true. remastering. Um, because of the style of animation that Nintendo uses, I think that they can take some of these older games and put... I don't want to say a minimal amount of effort because I don't want to trivialize uh, the amount of work or, you know, be reductive of the amount of work it takes to move these games platform to platform. But it's certainly not as big of an undertaking as taking a fully, um, you know, like an open world game and moving it to a brand new platform. So I'm excited, man. Now, this is Bring great. On. Especially since we're all kind of scratching our head is like, what is Nintendo doing you know, in this later half of the year. And hopefully this will come out soon. Now, I think it'd be really cool. And I've seen some buzz about this on Twitter and whatnot. If they did like a, uh, oh God, I just completely fucking brain farted. What was the Super Nintendo All-Stars? Like a Super Mario All-Stars bundle? Like a collection, right? Yeah, that'd be really cool. I think it would make more sense from a business perspective to sell them separately. But if they could do like um, another All-Stars bundle, I think that would be really cool too with these titles. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that that is one way to do it. I think it's a great way to kind of make a higher price point justifiable than breaking them out into individual SKUs. Or maybe what they could potentially do is make it like a retail bundle or like a package price and then digitally allow people to potentially only buy one title at a time for people who are like, listen, I'm just about that sunshine life. I don't care about anything else. This mm -hmm. is the only title I want uh, versus people who are like, interested in anything that has super mario in it so maybe we'll hear something about this in just a few months if this was supposed to go live during e3 yeah, yeah. i mean there is still talk of a digital e3 happening there's absolutely still talk of the publishers that are the the largest that traditionally did some kind of press conference during e3 still doing something on their own a lot of that stuff is still up in the air right now but I imagine that Nintendo with their directs are going to do something around June, uh, regardless of if it's tied to E3 or not. I hope so. I hope we just have one solid week of nothing but announcements just to kind of uh, fill that void. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm down. Let's do it. And we'll we do it all it here for our what's good games. There if you're a video game publisher and you want to showcase gameplay announcements or do interviews or live gameplay demos, let us know. Yeah. It'd be great. I can make a lot of weird faces and grunt. I'm your hype girl. <laughs> you don't need any other hype girl than besides Brittany Brombacher. She's the number one hype girl. Number one girl. Um, okay, you want to read this next story? Yeah. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Remastered launches tomorrow. This comes from Eurogamer. A remastered version of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2's campaign will launch tomorrow, March 31st, according to a leaked PlayStation Store listing Eurogamer understands to be accurate. This confirmation comes after a wrap of details were unearthed over the weekend by a data miner peering into this week's update for fellow Call of Duty titles Modern Warfare 2019 and Battle Royale Warzone, each of which promotes the new remaster. Last night, a Twitter account which accurately dated Call of Duty Warzone stated Modern Warfare 2 Remastered had a 30th March release date, close, but not quite. 
And before all that, the remaster's wordy official title, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Campaign Remastered, was spotted on a video game rating board. Eurogamer sources suggest the remaster has sat awaiting release for some time. Activision has simply been waiting for the right time to release it, as other Call of Duty games come and go without story modes themselves. In case it needs repeating, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Campaign Remastered is the story mode of Modern Warfare 2 only. There's no multiplayer. The multiplayer maps are being added to last year's Modern Warfare instead. The campaign has been completely remastered with improved textures, animations, physical rendering, HDR lighting, and more. Andrea, does this get your panties in a bundle in a good way? No, it doesn't. But that's okay because <laughs> it doesn't have to be for me, Britt. It doesn't. It can be for somebody else. But it's else. our like, show, you know, so I got to ask your opinion. True. I appreciate that. So I think that it's great that they're doing this. We heard about this previously, right? And I think that the question was when the timing was going to happen. I think it's, you know, good for people who are fans of the franchise who maybe never played that that campaign originally to have the opportunity to go back. And the work that Infinity War did with Call of Duty Modern Warfare last year was phenomenal. The campaign was gorgeous and impactful and um, dramatic and powerful. And it was really, really, really well done. And if you slept on it, I mean, I highly encourage you to check it out and really just kind of see where video game technology is at because I think Infinity Ward was really pushing innovation in a lot of aspects of game making. Something that I think I echo all the time, but that Call of Duty just doesn't get enough credit for. Like, and I know that it's, you know, very popular to hate on Activision and to hate on Call of Duty as a franchise, but I think what the good part about their success is, not only does it employ thousands of people, but um, they are in a position where they can spend money on innovative technologies where some other developers can't, and they're really doing something interesting with it. Yeah. Dark Knight 6678 in chat says, will they cut the no Russian mission? My gut says yes. Well, on the Twitter sphere, if you look, people are already uploading what I assume to be a legit no Russian mission that has been remastered. So it sounds like it's still there. And for those of you who don't remember, uh, that was kind of what really, that was like the number one thing people were talking about with that game, right? You basically infiltrate an airport and you kill a lot of innocent people. And it was very controversial. And uh, I think, yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell. It's, it's a big, it's a big thing, but I would be surprised if they would have cut that, because like that seems like a weird thing to censor in a game that's about war. Yeah. So if you don't want to see it remastered, just like again, stay off the internet because it's it's a uh, floating around. People are already posting it. So this is interesting because Call of Duty Modern Warfare was remastered in 2016, and then last year we got just Modern Warfare. Do you think they're going to take Modern Warfare Two and turn it into its own kind of standalone title like they did with Modern Warfare? Asking the tough questions over here. I know. Honestly, I I don't know. I I, I don't know. I you hadn't know. thought about that. I would I would lean no, probably. I but like it's hard to tell because of the way that Call of Duty has these off cycle releases with like the different studios underneath the Call of Duty umbrella kind of taking turns every year. Um, it makes it kind of difficult to have continuity, but I guess it's possible. Yeah. I mean, I really liked the new Modern Warfare reimagining. It's weird when you have the same game that has so many different titles. You're like, how do I specify which one I'm talking about? But I would love to see Modern Warfare continue in that regard. But like you said, with the staggered releases, maybe it won't be probably for 
several years, like we saw with Modern Warfare and then the remake as well. Yeah, I, I have to imagine if they're going to continue the storyline of doing something in the modern era or error era that they're going to have to continue in the vein of the remaster. But unless infinity Ward decides that they want to do something completely original, but it's tough to know which direction they're going to go because I would imagine creatively, they probably want to do something original because it feels fresh and different instead of just taking old stories. But I mean, if you look at call of duty, modern warfare, while it was very much, inspired by the original it was a completely original new story right it was Mm -hmm. you know told in very similar storytelling techniques but with a a brand new set of tools and i think that that also is an interesting idea of taking these characters i mean and like no spoilers but they kind of teed up a little something at the end that makes it feel like they're probably going to continue that at some point so i mean i guess either that's going to be some kind of expansion or dlc which we don't traditionally see at all for call of duty campaigns we only see for call of duty multiplayer and would lead me to say that i guess now that i'm talking through this out loud that yes i think they probably will now that i've thought about it see we talked it out (laughs) look at us now look at you you've changed your mind you've done the thing good job andrea (laughs) thanks Thanks, Britt. I appreciate that. Um, okay, um, let's talk about some news that we missed from last week. In case you guys didn't hear, last week we discovered that the consoles are not going to be delayed. Woo! <laughs> Very exciting. Happiness. Well, at least so they say right now. So according to IGN, a Sony spokesperson has said that the COVID-19 outbreak should cause no impact on the launch date of the PlayStation 5. Speaking to Bloomberg, the spokesperson said that the company doesn't see any notable impact on the unspecified holiday 2020 release date. We had already heard a Sony retained PR agency make a similar statement, but this is the first time that someone at Sony itself has made a comment. That sentiment has been echoed by GameStop CEO George Sherman, who earlier said that there has been no indication of delays to either PS5 or Xbox Series X at this point. Speaking of which, according to Games Radar, the launch of Xbox Series X is unlikely to be delayed by the manufacturing limitations from the pandemic. Industry analysts have expressed fears that closures of manufacturing facilities in China would not allow enough of the next-gen consoles to be built in time for their planned launch of holiday 2020. But one group even said that there's a strong likelihood that Sony and or Microsoft may need to push back their respective console launches. However, uh, Nadella told CNBC that, of course, is Satya Nadella, the uh, head of all of Microsoft, that on the supply side, we are getting back on the rails in response to a question about whether the company would be able to deliver on the upcoming hardware launches such as Xbox Series X. I'm going to just skip ahead a little bit and read another statement from Nadella that says, if this was a previous generation of data center architectures or software architectures, I don't think we would have been able to deal with the crisis as effectively as we've been able to. So I think that that's good news slash Maybe they're both saying this now, but three months from now, who knows? Because if you think about it two weeks ago, we didn't expect to be in the situation that we're in today. So I think like I'm going to take the win, but also like, but maybe it's not. Who knows? Yeah, Yeah, I think the issue, too, is even if these consoles do make their respective release date, what about, you know, the parts or what about the scarcity? How easily available are these consoles going to be to get? And that's you know, kind of the 
the, the scary thing about it, um, I mean, there's a lot more scary things to worry about amongst COVID-19 than getting your video game console on time. But in our industry, these are things we're very passionate about. So it would be very unfortunate if people can't get these things that they're very excited about, obviously. Uh, but kind of like going off of this, did you hear about that dude who stole some source code of, my, of Xboxes and is now holding it ransom for like $100 million? Yes, so I heard about this over the weekend. Do you have the details? I do, oh. yeah. So here we go. A hacker has reportedly stolen the Xbox Series X graphic source code and is holding it ransom. According to a report from Torrent Freak, this stolen data was found in a hacked computer and includes source code for AMD's Big Navi and Arden GPUs, and the latter's rumored to be the Xbox Series X12 teraflop GPU. Segments of code have been posted on GitHub and subsequently removed. The hacker is asking for $100 million for the code and is threatening to dump the entirety of the stolen data if the buyer if a buyer isn't found the fact that amd has issued a dmca takedown notice on the repository where the data was being held would suggest that this is a legitimate breach so pretty pretty i mean stupid but funny 100 million what are you doing (laughs) i mean like uh i don't i don't know anything about this type of source code and like the impact of what this type of source code means. If you are watching the show live and you do know, uh, please do write us to westcoatgames.com slash DRWGG or leave us a message in the Twitch chat about what you think the impact of this could be. But I just, I think publicly threatening a company like Microsoft seems like a real bad idea, maybe? Like, what the heck? Like, I have this source code. Give me $100 million or I'm going to dump it everywhere. Like, what what do you think they're going to do? Be like, okay, sure, here's $100 million. Thank you for, like, illegally hacking into our shit. We will reward you with this and let it go. I don't know. Like, someone, Golden Corsair said in chat, this is some Dr. Evil shit, and you are 100% correct. $100 million. Yeah, it just feels like one of those things. Like, I, I get that, like, you know, like a hacker would want to you know, make a public stink about it because then, you know, they have whatever legitimacy to their claim. But... I guess like the moment that you go public or you go online with your threat, now all of Microsoft's Xbox or or, Xbox's security and cybersecurity teams are going to be on your case. So I I feel like they probably would have had a better claim to negotiate a a fee to hold this code ransom if they had kept it private and just like been like, hey, I'm on the DL, like I have this thing. But then again, like, like I said, if you think about companies that have like the most advanced cybersecurity teams in the world i would think microsoft would probably be right up there oh, so shit got hacked. maybe it was amd that got hacked but yeah you, you hear about two companies hiring hackers right because they want those people on their team to help prevent asshole hackers so see so sir what you did this is where you fucked up if i were a hacker i mean i can barely type you know into my keyboard so i'm definitely not a hacker but you steal the code and then you go to them, you're like, hello, good sirs and ma'ams of Microsoft. I found a data breach. I found a security vulnerability. Here's your code. Hire me and give me lots of money. Maybe don't do that last part. <laughs> Why not? We can, we can hire you and give you lots of money. <laughs> I mean, you could be a little more smooth with it. But So, Andrea, this is totally unrelated to video games right now. Okay. I got to ask, how are your nails holding up? Um, that's a great question. So, um, I luckily was able to get, um, I was able to get my packs polish off 
before everything closed down here in California. So I went in and even though social social distancing had already started, they hadn't done shelter in place yet. And I could kind of sense that it was coming because it was like they had just done it in San Francisco. And so I was like, oh, no, if it's in San Francisco, it's definitely <laughs> happening here soon. So I called up my manicurist and was like, hey, can I come by for an appointment? And so it was just me and my manicurist in the shop. That was it. Just the two of us. And he did my nails and I was like, make them real short because I don't know when I'm coming back. Dude, I know. I think the worst part is I had my hair appointment. I had my nail appointment, everything like three days before the shutdown happened. But I had bronchitis, so I didn't want to get people sick. So I didn't go in. Oh, boy, though. I'm telling you, because I'm like even playing games right now. Like my fingernails are hitting two buttons at once, and I'm like, I gotta trim these bitches. I gotta cut them. It is not. You gotta good. Fi- get that file out. I know, Start but doing that's it so the old much work. Because oh. <laughs> I mean, who knows? I, I think it's funny, like kind of watching people's posts about getting their hair cut and all of these other like grooming things that we rely on professionals to do for us, and um, how everyone's like, just let it go, man. Just like. Just like let the beard grow, let your hair grow. I like the memes that are going around of people going back to get their hair cut, and it's like the photos of Robin Williams from Jumanji. (laughs) (laughs) COVID nineteen pandemic is is over, and like people emerging, being like, "Help me, (laughs) help me, help me be my best self." I know. Thankfully, you know, I have some friends who get eyelash extensions, and they're rocking like the two to three eyelashes left on their eye, and it's just the whole thing. But it's fine. Yeah, we're all in this together. Um, exactly um we just all have you know the same you know woes we're all gonna just you know be a little maybe a bit less moisturized less colored less trimmed up than we normally are and that's okay we're gonna remember um, tomorrow homes like trait like cave trolls like what <laughs> <sighs> um now i want to see like a, a meme a new meme of a bunch of cave trolls coming out and being like is it over I'm sure one exists somewhere. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's definitely most of the news that we have for today. So why don't we go ahead and talk about Dear WGG? So again, as I reminded you guys at the top of the show, if you want to write in to whatsgoodgames.com slash DearWGG, that's where we will take your questions. If you can't be with us live at 11 a.m. Pacific time on Monday mornings, don't worry. You can submit your questions all week long. But just know if it's related to news topics that happen, you know, probably I'd say Monday afternoon through Wednesday evening, it's probably going to be covered on the Friday show. Um, And anything else we'll try to cover on the Monday show. So, Brittany... Yes. Let's maybe start with some of these um, Resident Evil questions. So oh, yeah. David Jack, 19, writes in and says, where does RE3 Remake rank in your list of the series games? Oh, God. Okay. Um, okay. First up would be RE2. I'm just running through my head. So number one, RE2 Remake. Number two, RE2. Number three, probably Resident Evil 1 Remake. Number four... Code Veronica, I'd say number five, then original RE3, number six, Resident Evil Remake. So maybe as of Resident Evil 3 Remake. So maybe like around the six spot, six or seven Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm, okay. Oh, that's a loaded question. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, without a doubt, Resident Evil 2 Remake, in my mind, is so much, is, is far superior than the original one. Um, I, I think 
Capcom obviously just nailed that remake so much. But the problem with Resident Evil 3 is I think the original one conveys more dread and fear and this sense of, of, of loneliness and helplessness and hopeless. And maybe that has something to do with the soundtrack or those those pre-rendered backgrounds. But I feel like that just wasn't so much nailed in the remake as much Um and it could be because you weren't allowed to explore a lot of the locations that I think would have kind of contributed to that. You weren't able to see how bad shit really was inside, not just from a city level, but go inside, you know, certain stores like there. And I'm not going to spoil anything, so don't worry, friends. But, you know, there are some iconic locations and moments and enemies and places that have just been completely cut from the remake. And I think those iconic moments are kind of what made Resident Evil 3, you know, stand out in the way it did. I was, you know, like I've said, Resident Evil 3 has never really been, like, the the golden child of the series. Some people love it. Some people think it's, like, meh. But, uh, yeah, yeah, just kind of cutting some of those iconic things out just really was a bummer. And also, this game just suffers. Okay, I'm going on a little bit rant here. I'm sorry. And again, Go on it. For the record, it. it's a great game, but I'm just, I'm a mad nerd right now. It suffers so much from the conveniently placed debris, you know, where it's like, well, here's a staircase. Oh, but there's like a ladder on it. So you can't go up there. You know, it's the stupid stuff like that, that I feel like if you're building a survival horror game within a city, you know, the city should feel sort of open and it shouldn't be just garbage bags or a ladder or, you know, I don't know what, blocking your entrance, blocking your ability to go places and see things. And there's so many reused assets as well. There's this one plant in particular, and if you guys are going to play the game, you're going to know what I'm talking about. It has like six or seven stems coming out of it. It's green, and it's in like almost every room in the entire game. And I got so sick of that plant. Andrea, I want to burn it. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Reused assets in remakes, it's a thing. Oh, no, I mean, it's like, it's, well, okay, maybe we're talking about the same thing, but just to clarify, it's, yeah, the same, like, plant model, the same poster model is in, like, the hospital, it's in, you know, all these areas that it shouldn't be, but it's there, and I think it's just, I'm, I know Capcom is so, and again, like, I get this isn't the same studio, again, I get that, but I've seen what the team did with Resident Evil 2, and they, that could have been applied to Resident Evil 3 Remake, and it just could have been so much better. But if you're looking just for a solid survival horror game, this is it. Like, it, it has all the elements of survival horror. It's tense. There are moments when I get scared. Like, when I watch scary movies, I think I've told you this, Andrew. I think you've you've been there. My eyes will water if I'm, like, legit freaked out. There was moments <laughs> where I'm playing the game, and I had, like, some tears running down my because I was so freaked out because it is so tense. But, uh, yeah, it's, it has the things. It just doesn't have all the things. So I went on a rant with that. Sorry. That, that was, was not your question at all. Don't don't be sorry because a lot of people in the chat are asking about a couple of other Resident Evils as well. But Decatron wrote in and says, "So there's no way that there will be a remake reboot of RE4." What say y'all? No way or a okay? I don't think it needs to be remade, but it's kind of like it's the same stance I have on Resident Evil One remake. Is I think that game still because I just played it a few months ago. It still is great. It still holds up. Like it doesn't need to be touched. And I think the same goes for Resident Evil Four. So does it need to happen? No. If it does happen, will it sell buttloads? Oh yes. <laughs> you know. So it's. I mean, I think it'd be cool, but I'd rather see them remake. Um, you know, a, like maybe Code Veronica, or maybe expand on Jill's story in a different way. Um, and I'm, 
I'm not going to say anymore, but I would love to do a spoiler cast at some point, Andrea. Once Maybe once it's not such a tense time in our lives and you feel up to playing it. Yeah, I'm down. And like I said, like I have been committed that I'm going to play this game at some point. I just think right now um, it's just a little too much for me. So I need I need the stress to like to lower just a oh, bit. I feel you, girl. That's why I couldn't play Doom. <laughs> I was like, nope, can't do it right now. Even Doom, like I was playing Doom last week. And then, you know, after everything that happened this weekend, I was just like, I can't. I booted it up and I played for like five minutes and I was just like, nope. Can't do it. And I know that there's so much of doom that feels like such a stress relief for a lot of people, but I just, uh, I don't know. I, Brittany, I have a confession, Brittany. What's up? No, I love you no matter what. I'm not going to judge you. Brittany, I think I might start playing Animal Crossing. (gasps) I know, right? Like, what happened to me? (laughs) I think I'm... I think I'm, I think I might like, I, I I told John, we were sitting on the couch and he was like running around his little Island, like showing me his cute outfits and everybody's (laughs) posting about it on Twitter. And I'm like, I kind of need something mindless, but he kept saying, you know, he's like, you can try. He's like, but I really don't think you're going to like this game. And I was like, I know I'm probably not going to like this game. It might be what you need right now, you know? And I say, I think that's fantastic. I think that's great. Um, I just love like the things that you said, you know, there's not a universe that exists where I will play this game or whatever you said. I fucking love it. But, but these are weird times. And I think like real talk right now, if something sounds good and if something sounds cathartic and relaxing, I think it's important for our mental health. I think it's great. Let's just do what we got to do to try to unwind. And if it turns out it's still not the game for you, at least you tried it. So I think that's an awesome, awesome idea. And I encourage you to give it a shot. Thank you. Um, I'm I'm still contemplating, of course. Um, I still have to buy it and download it and all that business. But I think what I am finding myself more and more is that while we're all like struggling to find something to hold our attention while we're locked indoors, um, you know, John and I are making our way through like our Netflix backlog, our Amazon Prime backlog. And like John watches a lot of TV normally. And so a lot of it is him like patiently rewatching stuff with me. But I just sometimes just need a, a break. And like I've been making Pinterest boards and like looking for ways to shop without actually buying anything, just looking mm-hmm. at what I'll buy someday. And I'm like maybe I need something better to do with my time when I'm, you know, just on the couch. So I'm thinking about it. Stay tuned, everybody. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens if I actually join, join the movement. What I was Animal Crossing. What I would suggest to you is, it's really good at starting out slow because there's just not a heck of a lot you can do in the opening days of this game. So, give it a shot, and you know, don't you won't you won't feel so compelled that you have to try to like wrap your head around everything at first. It's like really meaningless stuff in the beginning. Like I said, this game has no point. It's like you just (laughs) exist and you live on a cute (laughs) island. You have weird animal friends that are kind of scary but that's besides the point you know just, eh. so yeah they'll ease you into it and then the reason like when i play animal crossing i think i said something on the show last week it's just at night like when i'm laying in bed i'm trying to fall asleep because it's just a relaxing mindless thing it's like okay i'm gonna catch these bugs because it kind of takes that like little i accomplish something even though you're not really accomplishing anything anywho yeah okay uh, no, I, I appreciate that. It was interesting because a couple people in the chat, of course, have chimed in. Uh, we had Anthony Carboni back last week, my quarantine buddy, and he showed me his 
Animal Crossing Island. We went to visit Amarisa's Island, which was amazing. Uh, Logia says she'll spend 30 minutes trying to catch a spider in Rage Quit. Okay, to be um, fair, everyone. I won't because now I know all the pro strats to Ugh. catching spiders. I run around like a little bitch on my island. I see a spider. <laughs> I just turn the other way. I know they're worth 8,000 bells, but they scare me. They raise their little fangs up and they charge you. The, the, <laughs> like Things like that don't belong in Animal Crossing. Oh, well. <laughs> well hopefully hopefully if i do start to play i'll uh, be able to be the spider whisperer like like one Steimer. <laughs> exactly <laughs> um all right let me take a look at some of these other questions that we have um this is interesting mm-hmm. um well mm-hmm. okay here we go uh, Kimber Limber writes in and says, been playing a ton of Dwaros lately, and I'm enjoying meeting and taming wild animals so they can follow me around as my pals and give me bonuses while I adventure and build up my town. <laughs> this got me thinking, what are some of y'all's favorite pet systems in games? We should probably just assume Pokemon is a given at this point, but I'm curious about the others. Oh. Uh, one that came to mind right away for me was the Palico system in Monster Hunter World. So I don't know how much... I don't remember how much Monster Hunter you played. Eh, Maybe like 20 hours or so. Okay, so then you probably didn't get to like the good part of having a Palico. So the little cat buddies that you guys have in Monster Hunter World, um, they followed you around. And like as you got later into the game, um, you could get, you know, more upgrades and they could go find you herbs and and pick out things. And then the amazing armor sets that you could um, get for them and the Palico adventures and getting to meet other little Palicos in the world. I mean, so I wouldn't necessarily say that they're a pet system, even though you can get other types of animals in the game and capture them and bring them back to your, you know, your house that you build. And then those technically are pets. But what I liked about what they did with monster hunter iceborne, excuse me, monster hunter world iceborne, the expansion is that they did this kind of uh, different raider system. What was built on the Palico raider system where you could um, use them in much more comprehensive ways. So, I mean, that was just the first thing that, that kind of came to mind for me for a pet system that I really enjoyed. I found this article, the 10 greatest video game pets of all time. So this is kind of relevant, kind of not, because it's not technically a system. But it has oh, a dog from Half-Life 2, um, dog Epona from The Legend of Zelda, dog meat from Fallout, Chocobo from Final Fantasy, dog from Fable 2, Yoshi from Super Mario World, and Pikachu from Pokemon. I, I'm trying to think if I... The first game that comes to mind is just, like, literally that game that Simon and I have talked about a few times, which is pets, like, cats and dogs, and it's, like, D-O-G-Z-C-A-T-Z, and it was literally, like, a game where you raise and breed and feed and take care of little, like, computer cats and dogs. Like Tomagotchi? Uh, no, it's much more, like, hands-on. Like dogs? No, I haven't played Nintendo dogs. It's... It's a, okay, so, like, you have the cat, like, you adopt your cat, then you have, like, your little cat house, and then there's all these different, like, items you can use to interact with the cat. There's, you know, beds, and you have to bottle feed them when they're babies, and brush them, and give them treat. you can teach them tricks by, like, waggling little cat treats around, and all sorts of things, and that was, like, the only time I can really think that I had a great time with a pet in a game. I'm sure there were other moments, but I'm just... I love Lionbeard40 coming in with the big win, Boomer from Far Cry. Oh, yeah, duh. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, the Far, last couple of Far Cry games have had great animal companions. I don't necessarily, I don't think I would call them pets, though, because they were like NPCs, right? Yeah. Like they were companions that would fight alongside you and like peaches 
from from Far Cry, and uh, that was from Far Cry. Oh, cheeseburger, five? cheeseburger, the Cheese- bear. Yeah, I'm looking around my room to see if I can like spark any pet system. Nope. Man, yeah, lots of good pets. I wouldn't call Yoshi a pet though. And I, I, I kind of feel Yoshi's, like that was a low blow. I feel like Yoshi is like you know Mario's heteronormative life partner. That's probably not the right adjective to use. I am into that. I am into that. Please. Because yes. he's an animal and Mario is a person. <laughs> but he's a perso- he's a humanoid type animal. Oh, God. Because like, he's got a personality and he talks. Okay. What is the adjective I'm looking for? What I don't know. Of, what kind of life partner is Yoshi to Mario, really? Uh, he's used and abused by Mario. He Do you lives- think that's consensual? After all these years, Yoshi's still it's, hanging around. Like real talk, like think about like how loyal pets are to us. You know, some people are assholes to their pets, and they just they don't care. They just love you unconditionally. Think about it. He lives in an egg that is often found in a question block, which is only released when Mario punches the question block. Out pops an egg, then then out pops a little dinosaur. Mario force feeds it, and then it turns into a, like a weird green thing. Sometimes blue, sometimes red, depends. And then he uses it to bridge gaps when he can't make it, and then he drops it to his death. Like it's an it's a very unhealthy relationship, and quite frankly, I'm a little upset about it. Now that we're talking about it in detail, like I, I am having trouble kind of categorizing what this would be. Uh, East Coast Cody says that he's an associate. I feel like that's reductive. I feel like Yoshi has a much bigger place than being just an associate. Moneymaker one ten, mm-hmm. you ride your friends? Question mark. I mean, listen. Different strokes, different folks, whatever you're into. I don't know what kind of friends you have. I'm not here to judge. No, it's, this is an open area. Okay, but okay, they're not equals by any means. No. Obviously, Mario is the dominant in this relationship. Right. But, okay, so the, the issue I have is, like, how Mario will use Yoshi to, like, bridge gaps, right? He'll, like, jump off of him. Yoshi will fall into an abyss of death. I'm assuming death. Somehow he comes back. Like, what happens down there? Is he just, like, on a constant <laughs> CPU regeneration system where there's, like, millions of clones of Yoshi that are just getting spurred out? Like, what's happening here? These are the... <laughs> we need answers, Andrew, before we can answer this. I, I'm getting off. <laughs> okay. This is the rabbit hole that I did not expect to go this down. This is what happens morning. when you go into Dear WGG, man. It's true. It is... Um, it's, 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 a, it's a byproduct. If you guys want to send us down a rabbit hole at some point in the future, don't forget whatsgoodgames.com slash dear WGG. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh, oh. I, I want to come to... So are we sticking with associate for now? Like, that's what we have for now, but we might expand No, I feel like associate is still, still reductive. I think at the very least, they're best friends, right? Like, that... You don't think so? Uh, I... Mm. I think Yoshi's just loyal to a fault, and I think Mario takes advantage of that. So, parasite host relationship. No, that's not a good one either. Hmm. No, but there's got to be some love there, right? There is a little bit of love, even if it's a little, you know, warped. (laughs) It's complicated. (laughs) Hashtag, it's complicated. Mario Yoshi story. Right. Um, okay. Let's uh, wrap up the show with one final question, um, which is um, kind of an interesting one that I think we well, actually, from these two that are that are in the doc here, mm-hmm. Brittany, that I've got highlighted. Is there one that you would want to talk about more than the other? 
<laughs> so the only other one I see that's highlighted is one that says test. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm in the, the show notes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, well, I, we can only talk about really one of them. Okay, let's see. Mm, I love um, Carolyn's. Do, 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 do. Okay, perfect. That was easy. Um, all right. So Carolyn's question is, given the ongoing issues with the store closures and international shipping issues, i.e. Square and Final Fantasy VII Remake, some argue that this will drive more consumers to digital over physical. But what about pre-orders? Do you think these disruptions will push people away from pre-ordering physical copy from games long term? Uh, that's an interesting question because we've talked about on the show quite a bit about how we think this will push digital, but we haven't talked about the impact on physical pre-orders. I mean, I guess, though, if, if you're going purely digital, there's no need for you to pre-order a physical copy. So Unless people- the physical pre-order has a very specific physical bonus tied to it that you want because you're a super fan, mm-hmm. like a collector's edition or like a toy or some other kind of like real world good that you're like i need that tchotchke that thing in my life on my desk on my shelf wherever i feel like that would be a big motivator for people to continue to order at retail but like as you mentioned Britt, like we've been talking about how this is definitely going to push more people into digital because look at what happened with animal crossing right like we i at least in my personal timeline i saw tons of my friends talk about how they didn't get their animal crossing at launch because it got delayed from shipping for shipping reasons so and Mm -hmm. we know that that happens in a regular time when game launches are occurring outside of the pandemic situation like there still is delays in people getting their games at retail if they've ordered it through the mail instead of going into a store to physically pick it up so i think this definitely will but knowing how much the download systems are being throttled particularly by, you know, Xbox and PlayStation. I don't know. I mean, like, it took me... I was downloading the Predator beta, Mm. and it took me probably three to four times as long to download it because of, you know, how they're slowing downloads than it would normally. And that was a pretty small file compared to some of these AAA games, you know, that are anywhere from 60, 70, 80, 90 gigs or more, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, just to recap what we said before, you know, it just comes down to how patient are you? How quickly do you want your games? You know, I think with Resident Evil 3 and Final Fantasy 7 and Animal Crossing, like, those are very, very large titles. And we're seeing that these games are being delayed, phys- the physical shipments of them, rather. Uh, but digital is still day and date, um, unless you're in Australia or Europe, and then you're probably getting Final Fantasy 7 a little <laughs> early. And I, I'm not jealous at all. It's fine. It's great. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's just going to, like, for me, I didn't start going digital until um, I, well, <laughs> let's be honest, I kept putting all my game discs in the wrong cases, and I got sick of it. And <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Whoops. And I, I've been a, I was a collector for such a long time, and I just kind of got sick of juggling CDs, and it was kind of a matter of, like, well, do I want to go to the store right now to get my physical copy of that? Eh, no. So, yeah. Anyway. I feel you. Um, in the chat, Blind Gamer Steve, shout out to Steve Taylor, oh, good to see yeah. you, says the problem with digital is the refund policies are terrible in most cases. Nintendo is like, you should have looked at reviews and will not give a refund at all. I prefer physical because I can at least get some money back if I trade it in. Oh, that's a good point, too. Um, also, shout out to Steve. He hit me up. He also got a review copy of Resident Evil 3, and he hit me up, and he was like, hey, what? I've never played Resident Evil before. What should I know? And bless his heart, I wrote him, like, a huge book about all of this 
I try to keep it relevant, Steve. I hope um, I did. Can I have job. this book that you wrote? Can can you yeah. share it with me? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. I'll give you all the details. Good. Yeah. Um, but no, that's a really good point. I think, you know, the idea of digital ownership is something that we've talked about a lot in our ever encroaching digital streaming landscape, this idea that you pay for something, but then the people who distribute it could shut that off. I think Apple is one of the more notorious platforms for that in their digital marketplace and potentially losing access to the things that you bought. And that is going to be something that the video games industry is going to need to address. And it's Something that, you know, like some companies are handling better than others. I think it's, you know, interesting that Steve mentions Nintendo because, yeah, they have been notoriously pretty difficult to work with from a digital standpoint. But then again, they are dragging behind literally every other platform. So hopefully they'll catch up. LOL, 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 LOL. I'd say it's Nintendo gone Nintendo. And at least at least they have digital demos now. At least they're like, you know, they're kind of getting there. It's true. They yeah. are. Yeah. And um, hopefully they'll get even further ahead by the time this new Mario comes out, whatever it may be. Um, all right. So that's going to do it for our show for today. Thank you to everybody who wrote in to what's good slash dear WGG. Thank you to everybody who has joined us live on Twitch. You guys we're an affiliate now. This is super exciting. That means that if you have Amazon Prime and you've got that free Twitch subscription, we would love if you could give it to us at twitch.tv slash what's good games. Uh, I'm still working on rolling out some emotes, but we've got the that's what she said pillow in there. I've got the little subscriber uh, controller so cute. Uh, icon all ready to go. And um, we're still kind of feeling our way around some of the new things that Twitch is doing because they're rolling out some changes that are pretty exciting. So thank you to everybody who has been supporting us on Twitch. We really appreciate everything that you guys do for us and being part of our active community here on Mondays. Um, and for people who are listening on podcast services, don't forget, Britt, what's a way that people who listen to podcasts could help support What's Good Games? They could leave a review for us on their favorite podcast platform. You know, counter those one-star reviews that say we're the Fox News of podcasts. Or was it gaming podcasts? I don't remember what that chuckle fuck said. But oh it was goodness. one of those things. Yeah, that would, it helps us a lot. It helps boost our, our visibility and algorithm and helps people find our show. So we can welcome them into our community with open arms. Yeah. Um, and we will be also reading all of the new subs that happen as well. I just have to pull up the page where they are. I feel like I did this last week when we were getting ready. We did. Well, we're working on the system. Yeah, exactly. Let me see. I think it might be here. Let's see where it is. I'm going to the dashboard. Woo, woo, yeah. I'm also trying to bumble my way around here, and I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm not even going to try. i got to learn the Twitch. The Twitch is a new universe for me. It's a new platform. Uh, I will I will show you. Okay, so we have got some new subs. So let's start with N6 Bonsai has subscribed. Ooh. We've also got, um, oh, let's see here. Miss Molly Ma gave it to your one sub to Phoenix Ignite. Ignition? Phoenix Ignition? Um, I think that's what that is. Oh, thanks for the gift. Ignition, hot and fresh out the kitchen. Do we sing that anymore, though, or do we or do we not like that guy? I feel like we don't like that guy. Oh, yeah, that's R. Kelly. No, we don't like that yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, Feisty718 cheered us with 100 bits. Thank you so much. Lionbeard40 cheered us with 40 bits. Um, and we had a little mini hype train going. I experienced a hype train for the first time uh, when we were streaming. What were we streaming and the hype train happened? I think I was streaming Animal Crossing with Anthony. That sounds like um, a very hype game. 
Right? I mean, well, he got the What's Good Games shirt on, even though I had to strong arm him into putting it on because he was doing a fashion show. And I was like, listen, <laughs> your, your character is really cute and you have a lot of outfits, but put the What's Good Games shirt on or else. Mm-hmm. And then he did. Okay. So I was very excited Smart about man. that. And on that note, we are going to say goodbye. We will see you guys on a Friday for another episode of What's Good Games. Thanks so much again for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>